this morning on this chilly day, right? Well, this is our kickoff for Christmas week. I am so excited. I can't believe it's already here and the year's almost ending. Um, it's just been a blessed year for all of us and a complicated year as well. Uh, if this is your first time visiting with us, we would love to get to know you, and there's a couple ways you can do that. You can go out into the atrium. There'll be someone at the welcome desk to talk with you and help you and answer any questions, fill out a Connect card. Also, you can do that digitally. If you're watching us online, you can do that. You can actually put in the phone number 904-441-6900, and what that will do, you'll put in the word, text the word Connect, and that will take you right to a Connect card, and you can fill that out. You can do that also as well for a prayer request for the same word connect if you have a prayer request anytime during the week we'd love to come alongside and pray with you so if you have a paper bulletin if you'll pull that out but when you do that if you're watching again online we would love for you to go there digitally you can put the same phone number in 904-441-6900 and you can put the word news n-e-w-s and what that will do that will take you to the digital bulletin so you can follow along because we have some things we'd like to share with you this morning so start out tonight kind of starts out our Christmas week and it's a celebration of reverence it's where we come in uh, and we do silent candlelight Christmas communion and you'll come in and it's self-led you will have a paper with scripture you will sit and read and this is just a time if you haven't done that it's going to be here in the atrium at 6 p.m. right here in the sanctuary this is just a place to come Read God's word and just get your heart ready for Christmas to celebrate our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Also, you'll notice in your bulletin that we have five different opportunities to um, come together. On Christmas Eve, we have four services. We will have two here in the sanctuary, 1.30 and 3, and then in the Christian Life Center, the CLC, we will have two, a 4.30 and a 6. I encourage you to come to one of those. They're kind of like my favorite. The candlelight part is Silent Night. is just so perfect, and I, I encourage you to do that. We do, and we will have a service on Sunday at 10 a.m. Just to make a note on, on Sunday, for our volunteers and our staff to have time off with their children and everything. We will not have nursery, childcare, or youth. So just to kind of give you a heads up on that. And also January 1st was a Sunday. Amen, right? Starting our new year out on a Sunday. That's such a blessing. We'll have two services, a 9 a.m. and a 10.30. The 10.30 will be here in the sanctuary. So I encourage you to, um, to come on New Year's Eve and celebrate the beginning of a new year with Jesus our Lord, right? Amen. Also, as we close, we're going to show a video on peace. That's our fourth candle. And um, peace, our peace is Jesus Christ. So turn your attention to the video. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. 
Today's candle, the final purple candle, marks the last week of Advent as we anticipate the birth of our Savior. This final fourth candle, also known as the angel's candle, signifies peace. It reminds us that the angel's message of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. This morning, Ken and Lori Manning are lighting the Advent candles. Thank you. Please stand if you are able and join us as we sing all of the verses of Angels We Have Heard on High.
Please be seated. On this fourth Sunday of Advent, we continue to prepare our hearts by focusing on peace. When John the Baptist was born, his father Zechariah prophesied about his baby, how he would prepare the way for Jesus, who would, in turn, lead the people into peace. You, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sin in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. We've already been reminded this morning of the message of peace, goodwill toward men, the angels brought to the shepherds, One of the very first to receive that peace through Jesus was Simeon, the prophet, who had been told by God that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ. When he held the infant Jesus, Simeon blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Please stand if you're able and join us as we sing Infant Holy, Infant Low. Bill Blaylock is now going to join us for our generosity moment and have a wonderful bunch of good news for us. Well, good morning. Helping embrace people, helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for. And in the month of December, we focus on Lottie Moon. That's our international missions giving. And our goal for this year was $40,000 and As of last Sunday, we're at $46,808.05. So thank you so much for your generosity. Now, we've had a really challenging week. Um, We've moved a transformer. They've dug some foundation. They've put some steel in the ground out there. We are moving forward with our building project at the speed of a turtle. We're getting there. We're getting off the ground. It's going to be. It's going to go really fast, and you guys are going to be amazed. But, but uh, the amazing part is, um, you know, you've given four million nine hundred sixty-two thousand six hundred twenty-six dollars and forty-five cents towards our building project. We're a little less than thirty-eight thousand dollars from five million dollars. That's just fantastic, and I anticipate before we reach year end that we will have hit five million dollars because people keep telling me they're going to give more money. So there we go. So let's pray. 
Thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, we thank you for the generosity of our congregation. Father, we thank you that we are blessed to come to this, this campus. Father, that we are blessed to come to your church, your house, your home. Father, that we have a willing congregation who gives generously, Father, that, that wants to move your kingdom forward. Father, we just pray that as we take this offering, Father, that you would just bless it for your kingdom, Father, that you would bless those who give. Father, we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you've gotten us to this stage, Lord, where we can build a foundation of a building. But Lord, I, I'm so thankful that the true foundation is you. And Lord, I pray that as we place these rocks in here, let them be a symbol of us building our lives upon you, building this community upon you, building up families and kids for the next generation. Lord, take these rocks and use them to build your kingdom. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Please stand if you're able and join us as we sing What Child Is This?
Please be seated. Amen. And I thank John Flint. John's one of our church members, choir, um, choir members, and just just very talented uh, church member. And thank you for leading us in worship this week. We really appreciate that. And our uh, our prayers are with David Elder, our worship pastor, who's who's dealing with bone marrow cancer. He's in treatments right now. Cannot be with us. So. Please keep David in your prayers uh, that the treatments are effective. And, and, and David, if you're watching online, we are lifting you up today. Okay. Merry Christmas. This is a good, good day. You saw that we put the rocks, all of you put prayer requests and people that you were hoping would be uh, impacted and, and scripture verses uh, for, uh, that we put into the foundation, into the footers of where that new building is going to be, that, that children, preschool, and youth building, that family ministry center. And uh, last week, we were able to put those into the trench, and, and they should be pouring the foundation sometime soon. And those prayers, uh, those, those scripture, that's going to be the foundation of what we're doing. So thank you, all of you that did that. Uh, it's going to be, uh, we're just grateful that the Lord is at the foundation of all of this. Also want to say next weekend, usually in a weekend, we have four services. Next weekend, we have five. Four of them are going to be on Saturday, Christmas Eve, and one of them on Christmas morning. Choose one of them to go to. If you go Christmas Eve, you don't have to come back again Christmas morning. They're going to be similar services, okay? They're going to be very similar. If you want to come Christmas morning, if you, you're not going to miss anything if you didn't go Christmas Eve. So choose whichever one uh, that fits your schedule. And if, if there's one that's not fitting your schedule, like I've said before, you're just not trying. <clears throat> that's, I, I can't be any more... Uh, plain than that. I invite you to join us for one of them and make celebrating the birth of Christ just the centerpiece of your family tradition wherever you are. So we're in an Advent series of messages. This is the fourth week of Advent, the, ad, the week of peace. And we're calling this sermon series a stable influence. We're looking at Christ's lasting impact on this world because we know he brought a lasting impact in our lives, we know that when salvation came, but he's also made a lasting impact into the whole world. And, and today I want to talk about peace, Christ's lasting impact of peace. So would you stand with me in honor of God's word? I'm reading from Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I'm starting at verse 8, and this is what the word of God says. It says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these amazing words, Lord. These words of joy, these words of promise, these words of your faithfulness. And Lord, I pray that you would help us in these few moments to understand better your peace. Lord, I pray that the words I speak are, are actually your message. And Lord, I pray that as we receive your peace, Lord, that we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. You may be seated. So it says there, in the same region there were shepherds. It's talking about the region around Bethlehem. In the Holy Land. I just returned from the Holy Land just a week or so ago. I took a group of people from our church to see the places where Jesus walked, where he performed miracles. About two weeks ago, we were actually in Bethlehem itself, the place where Jesus was born. And I tell you what, it's amazing to be in Bethlehem in December. Amazing to be in Bethlehem in December. And we went to the fields of the shepherds. Now, 
In my mind, I always pictured that you had this walled city of Bethlehem, and then up on hillside somewhere around would be the, where the shepherds were keeping their flocks. But it's actually, Bethlehem's on top of the hill, and all the fields are, are down below. And so you go there to those fields, and, and, and those fields are just full of caves where the shepherds would take shelter uh, while they're watching their flocks. And so all these caves are throughout the place. And we also went to the place where tradition says Jesus was born and placed in a manger. And, it, and in reality, it's another cave. And over that cave, they built a shrine. And over that shrine, they built a whole church. It's called the Church of the Holy Nativity. And if you go into that church, you know, the door is very, very small. They make the door very, very small on purpose. You have to actually bow down to get into that church. You can't just stand up straight and walk in that door, and then suddenly you're in this big, huge space. Is that the actual place where Jesus was born? I don't know. But it's the place where they commemorate the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and you know, there are certain times of the day when there are no church services going on. And, and, and when those church services are not going on, you can go under the altar and into the cave. And you can get in line, and you can work your way. Actually, it's more of a mob. You can work your way to the front of the mob, and maybe 10 people at a time can get into that space. And you can touch the place where they say Jesus was born. And, you could spend a brief moment there in prayer. It's a wonderful experience if you get the chance. And I, I found it was an amazing experience to be in Bethlehem in December just a few weeks ago. It was amazing, but I wouldn't call it peaceful. I wouldn't call it a peaceful experience. Because, you know, we all know that region has been under unrest for, for many, many years. We know that. And, and uh, Jerusalem is under Israeli control, and to go to Bethlehem, it's under Palestinian authority control, and, and so you have to go through a checkpoint and, to get to that place, and once you get into Bethlehem, there are crowds of people wanting to get to the birthplace of Jesus. There are people trying to sell you things as you're going uh, to the birthplace of Jesus. The lines are very long, and they are um, casually defined, Okay. <laughs> casually defined lines, okay? You're just getting, you're just a lot of people pushing. And, and while we're there in the Church of the Holy Nativity, there was a, a few hot tempers that were flaring. As we were inching closer and closer and closer to those steps, they would take you down underneath the altar. And it can be stressful. And in the moment, it can be intensely nerve-wracking. And it can be easy to forget that this is the place where the angels said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. It's hard to remember that, but you know, Christ came to bring peace. And lack of peace, it's common in Bethlehem today. But lack of peace is not something that's just common in Bethlehem. It's a fact of even American life. You know, they say 80% of Americans say that stress is a fact of life. Stress, do any of you ever have stress? Okay. That stress is a, a fact of life. And, and, and the deprivation of peace, it has been a fact of the human condition ever since Adam and Eve were evicted from the Garden of Eden. It's one of the results of sin entering the world. And, and, and let me share something that, that I think is very ironic. That this season, the Christmas season, this is a season where people are more stressful. In that season where Christ came to bring peace, it is a time of more stress. Because, you know, Jesus didn't come into the world so he could bring pressure, right? He came into the world to bring peace and fulfill God's promises of peace. I want to talk about peace. You look at that verse 14. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. That was, that was given to us in the Greek language. Uh, that Greek word is named after the Greek goddess Irene, uh, the goddess of peace in Greek mythology. And in Greek, their ancient definition of peace was similar to ours. It was just the absence of war. It was the absence of conflict. It was the absence of rage. That's what peace was. Uh, and that's how the secular world defines peace. That's the word that was translated into Greek uh, when Jesus, when we heard the words uh, that the shepherds had said. But, and the Greek goddess Irene, when depicted, often you see her with with um, symbols of wealth and good cross because ridding themselves of war brought some prosperity to the place, and that was the key to peace. And we think that way. 
We think that if I can only get rid of all the things that cause stress in my life, that I'm going to have peace. If I can get rid of all the things that bother me in my life, then I'm going to have peace. If I can get rid of all the things that disturb me, then life is going to be good. So we try to rid ourselves of the things that cause stress. The problem is that, that if all you do is spend your life continually removing the things that bother you, you won't find peace. You'll find emptiness, right? You'll be empty. I mean, kids cause stress, right? You can't get rid of your kids, right? That's not going to bring you peace by getting rid of your kids, you know? That doesn't bring peace. That brings emptiness. And so the first point I want to give is this. God wants me to have peace, not emptiness. He wants me to have peace, not emptiness. And the peace of Jesus Christ is something that fills me up. It's not something that empties me out. See, Jesus gives us a different kind of peace. Jesus gives us a better kind of peace. And if we look through the Gospels, we get an understanding of what that peace is like. If I were to look at John chapter 14, I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus talked about peace. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he says, excuse me, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus didn't come to bring peace like the rest of the world. The peace that Jesus described, it's a peace that fills, not a peace that empties. It's a peace that calms the heart. Let not your heart be troubled. It's a peace that takes away fear. This is neither let them be afraid. And it's not just the lack of war. It's that Hebrew concept of shalom. Shalom. That peace that the angels were proclaiming. That's a peace that, that, of well-being that only comes from God. It's a peace that, that fills us up. It, it, it includes everything given by God in all areas of life that brings us contentment and fullness and wellness of my soul. So the next point I want to make is this, that, that God wants me to have shalom. He wants me to have complete wellness for my soul. And so we get that peace on earth because unto us was born what? A savior, a savior. See, peace and salvation, peace and being saved from our sins, peace and being reconciled to God, peace and forgiveness, they go hand in hand. If you want peace, you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. That's what the Bible teaches us. You want peace in your soul? then we need to make peace with God. So we receive Jesus Christ as as our Savior. What he does, this is what Jesus does. He brings brings forgiveness of sins and peace with God. And that's what it is. When he does that, then you're going to have that peace that's going to last into this lifetime no matter what's going on. So I want to share some shocking revelations about peace. If you are someone who is versed in the Word of God, these may not be shocking to you, but if you're not versed in, in the Bible, these things may be counterintuitive. And so I just want to share these with you. The first one about peace, it comes from the book of Ephesians, the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. It's chapter 2, starting at verse 13, and this is what it says. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, see, people without Christ are far off from God, have been brought near by the blood of Christ, that sacrifice of Christ, for he himself is our peace. He is our peace. You see, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he made the sacrifice. He paid the atonement. He paid the restitution, the only restitution that was enough for the forgiveness of our sins. And by doing that, by paying the restitution, he he got rid of everything that kept us from God. He is our peace who's made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Anything that separates us from God It's now broken down because Jesus Christ paid the the full restitution for our sins. If we'll only accept that restitution payment. So this is the first point. Peace only comes from God and through Jesus Christ. You can look for peace a lot of different ways, but you will find only true peace through faith in Jesus Christ. Several years ago, USA Today ran a story on the ways that Americans manage stress. And here are the top 10 ways. Okay, number 10, pursue a hobby. Number nine, eat. Now, that's a great way to release stress, but it causes other problems. Okay, you understand that. Uh, Then there's pray, and that could be seeking Christ if you're praying to Christ, or play video games. They were sort of at a tie. Pray or play video games. Uh, Take a nap. 
Uh, watch TV or movies, spend time with family, read, exercise or walk. Who wants to guess what the top number, not top number thing people did to find peace? Listen to music. Yeah, it depends what music you're listening to, I guess. But, but the Bible teaches us that peace only comes from Christ. He is our peace. Uh, see, we're born with a natural tendency to sin, our sin nature. And the default setting is that, that we're in rebellion against God, okay? We're in rebellion against God. Uh, our natural condition without the indwelling of Jesus in our lives is that we're in rebellion against God. And rebellion and peace cannot coexist. You don't have peace when there's rebellion going on. And this is natural force. This came to, to light to me uh, most most clearly when my daughter, my first child, was two years old and she's, walk, she's crawling around at this time. Maybe she's walking around this time. But she sees these little outlets at the base of the wall and they look like faces. So, you know, kids are kind of attracted to those. And she tries to pull the cover off and touch that. And so she's over there. And I guess it, I guess it was before she was walking because she was crawling. I see this in my mind. And she goes over there and I, I pull her away. And then she just crawls back over there, tries to touch that. And I pull her away. And I... Then she does it again. I pull her, I slap her hand. And then she crawls over there one more time, and then she looks back at me and smiles. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she knows. She knows she should not be doing that. And she can't even talk yet. But there's this sense of rebellion, okay? And well, you know, Jesus, Jesus is the peace treaty. He brings the forgiveness of sins. He, he makes us at peace with God. So without the forgiveness of our sins through faith in Christ, we don't experience the restoration. I, I just want to say to you, do you have that kind of peace? Have you experienced the fact that you know the restitution of everything you've ever done wrong has been paid for? If not, you can know that it has been. And you can receive that restitution payment. How do you do that? You trust in Jesus. You pray to him and say, Lord, I, I trust that you're alive. I, I ask you to forgive my sins, and I'm going to commit to you as Lord of my life. That's it. Do you have that kind of peace? You can have that peace, but that peace only comes through Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing I want to share with you, this is from John chapter 16. And in John 16, it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. We have peace in him, okay? In this world, you'll have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world in me, in me. That's what he says, you know, living in the presence of God. So it's not only that we receive peace. We want that peace to continue. And so the second point is this. Peace continues only in the presence of Christ. It continues only in the presence of Christ. Peace is not a one and done kind of thing. Hey, now I have peace in my life. Check I'll move on to something else. That peace of Christ, it's something that we need to seek him every day. Peace has to be maintained. And just because I'm at peace today doesn't mean that automatically I'll be at peace tomorrow. And the way I maintain peace is not just when I receive Jesus as Savior one day, but it's when I look to him day by day, moment by moment. That's how the peace stays in my life. So do you want peace? You know, you may have already trusted in Jesus as your Savior. Do you want to keep that peace? Look to Jesus. Right now, just look. To, think about all the things that are going wrong in your life, and don't look at those things. Look to Jesus and seek him, because we rob ourselves of peace when we ignore that Christ is with us and in us. Uh, we, we rob ourselves of peace when we focus on our problems, and we don't focus on Jesus Christ. So let me give you an acrostic. Peace is personally entering the awareness of Christ's embrace. Personally, day by day, entering the awareness of Christ's embrace, realizing that he's with you no matter what you're going through. He is with you. And so peace continues as we keep our eyes on Jesus. You remember that song we sing occasionally? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know what I'm talking about. You turn your eyes on Jesus and all the problems of this world, they turn strangely dim. So peace only comes from Jesus Christ. 
peace is maintained and continued when we stay in relationship. We keep looking to Jesus. Let me share with you another shocking revelation about peace. This is from Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4, it says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Many of you know this passage. It surpasses all understanding. It is ridiculous. It is crazy. It does not make sense. It is illogical. It passes all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the peace of Jesus. That's because the secular understanding of peace is the absence of problems. But let me tell you, peace that Jesus gives you, he gives you peace even in the middle of your problems. And that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. How can I have peace when I'm in grief? How can I have peace when I'm in chaos? How can I have peace when other people are persecuting me? Because peace is not a prisoner to my life situation. And that's the next point. Peace is not a prisoner to my life uh, situation. That peace of Jesus Christ, it transcends everything here down on earth. That peace, as revealed by, by God, it defies logic, but it defines his love. His lasting peace doesn't come by the Holy Spirit telling you, this is how I fix this problem and this problem and this problem. That kind of peace comes when the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to walk with you through these problems. I'm going to walk with you through every problem. That's, that's the peace that Jesus gives us. The peace is, is that relationship with him. He is walking with me through my struggles. And we can find peace in the midst of all these things. And it comes from Jesus. So it, it defies logic, but it describes his love. Now, the last revelation I want to share with you, this is an amazing thing. This is coming from Isaiah chapter 9, and this is a prophecy of the Messiah. And starting in verse 6, it says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then get this, verse 7, And of the increase of his government and of peace, are you getting this? The increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. It doesn't just say there will be no end to his peace. There'll be no end to the increase of his peace. I mean, when we receive Jesus, we don't just get this layer of peace. This is the level of peace that I get. Peace increases. That's the last point. Peace increases. Peace never tops out. The peace of Jesus never ends, and it never hits a top level. If you're trusting in Jesus, you're seeking Jesus, that peace just increases and increases and increases, no matter what you're going through in life. And that really resonates with me because that's been the experience of my life. You know, I have more peace with the Lord now than I was when I was 10 years old and first trusted in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I have more peace. And, I, and you know, that was, that was one of the big things that I received when I trusted in Jesus. I had peace. I didn't have to worry about death anymore. That was the thing I was obsessing on at that age. But, you know, Jesus started with a level of peace. But, you know, it's just been increasing ever since I've been going through life. If someone were to ask me, what is the biggest benefit every day to being a Christian? It's peace. I don't have to worry about all the things I've done wrong. Because I know Christ has forgiven me. I don't have to worry that God hates me because I know that God doesn't hate me. He loves me. I know he doesn't hate you. He loves you. And by trusting in Jesus, I have peace in that. I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that he's always going to be with me. I know he's taken away the guilt. I have peace because I know every day Jesus Christ is my constant companion. That's the peace of God. That's the promise of God that the increase of his peace there will not be an end. Do you have that kind of peace? Anybody here in this room have that kind of peace? Praise God. Praise God. You know what I'm talking about. The peace, it doesn't matter what you're going through. He gives you a strange peace that doesn't go away. Do you want that kind of peace? You can have it. It comes from faith in Jesus Christ. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth and in your heart, peace among those with whom he's pleased. You know how you please God? Trusting in him to reconcile you to him. Trusting him. He, he is trying to keep people into heaven. He's trying to get people into heaven. And, and how does that happen? It's when we stop trying to get there on our own and we trust him. 
for the way that he said he's going to get you to him. Trust him to pay that, that debt. So trust Jesus, follow Jesus, and you will have that peace, that peace that comes from Jesus, that continues in Jesus, that passes all understanding, and that's going to increase and increase and increase the longer you stay with him. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, I pray if there's someone here in this room that is struggling with stress in their life. Lord, if there's someone that is struggling in this room with a lack of peace, Lord, would you show them the peace that only comes from you? Lord, I pray that you take away those things of stress. Lord, if there's someone that's, that's worried about whether they'll go to heaven or not when they die, Lord, would you show them that, that you love them so much that that person right now here in this room, they don't have to worry about that if they'll trust in you for the sins to be forgiven rather than in pride saying that we can take care of this on our own. Lord, that in that moment of surrender, that that surrender doesn't bring us conflict. It brings us just restoration and reconciliation and peace with you. And Lord, if, if someone has never understood that before, Lord, I pray in the power of the Holy Spirit that they're understanding that, that you've come not to bring captivity to a soul, not to put someone in a straitjacket, but to bring peace and life forever with you in heaven. Lord, I pray that someone is, is saying to you right now, Lord Jesus, I do believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, I do believe that you are alive. Lord, I do believe that you're offering forgiveness of my sins. And Lord Jesus, I'm asking you for that, for that forgiveness. And Lord, I'm committing myself to you. Lord, I'm praying that someone is making that prayer. Because I know you're faithful and just. If we confess our sins, Lord, you will, you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You'll forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I claim that promise for anyone in this room, for all of us in this room, and that you'll be faithful. And Lord, anything that is good that comes. Lord, let us give you the glory. And thank you, Lord, for being my Savior, my King, my peace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. We're coming to a time of response, and if you would like to respond, I invite you all to stand. And as we stand, we're going to have a song. And if you want to respond, maybe you want to come forward and say, I, I want Jesus in my life. I just need a little more information. We have counselors that are ready to share that. Maybe some of you have, uh, uh, want to come forward and, and the Lord is telling you, you need to take a step of faith, whether it's a step of faith to pray about something. Maybe it's a step of faith to move forward, uh, say, in baptism. Uh, believer's baptism will help you take that step. Maybe God's calling you into church membership. Maybe there's something else you want to pray about. If you want to, you can come up during this time, and we'll pray and help you take whatever step of faith God's calling you to take as we sing. God bless you. as we depart, receive your blessing from God's word. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ
and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Go out now to grow in your understanding and appreciation for God's ultimate victory. And all God's people who pledged to do so said, Amen. Amen.